Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today is May 17th, 2023. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Peppermint. Since rising to fame on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, Peppermint has released EPs, appeared on several television shows, including Pose, Saturday Night Live, and Schmigadoon, and made history as the first trans woman to originate a lead role on Broadway in the Go-Go's musical Head Over Heels. She'll next be seen in a transparent musical based on the Transparent TV series opening May 20th at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. I'll be right back with Peppermint, but first, let's take a look at this week's Just for Variety column. I caught up with Javier Bardem at the premiere of The Little Mermaid here in Los Angeles. Of course, I had to ask him, what was it like working with a bald Austin Butler in the upcoming Dune sequel? Seeing bald or seeing with hair, he's, he's, a, he's an amazing creature to look at. You can look at him like for hours and go, oh my God, how beautiful you are. But on top of that, he's so nice, so generous, so funny, so committed, and he has done an amazing job. Dune Part 2 will be released in November. The Little Mermaid hits theaters on May 26th. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Peppermint. I caught up with her the morning after she co-hosted Drag Isn't Dangerous, a telethon that raised more than $500,000 to help support efforts to defeat anti-LGBTQ legislation. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? You are a busy lady. Yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm booked and blessed. That's right. B&B. You know. B&B. It's true. Um, successful telethon yesterday. Oh, yes. I think it was. You know, I mean, I had lofty goals. Personally, I, I would have been like, I probably would have lost my mind had we broken a million dollars. But we didn't. <laughs> and so I didn't lose my mind. Uh, but, uh, I mean, when I think about it, like 500 K, you know, to me, like, I was like, okay, we did it. We worked really hard and we, you know, we, we did it and it took, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of people came together and, and some people probably had to make some sacrifices and some things. And obviously people gave out of their personal money, you know, but it was, and I wasn't in charge of everything, but it was possible. Like, and it felt easy considering it was $500,000 in just a few hours. And then yeah. I look at the news 
And like all these things that they make news about, like people fundraising is like, so-and-so raised $10,000, which is great. Right. You know, oh, there was a big charity thing and they raised $20,000 for it. I'm like, well, we've really like, we've raised a lot of money last night, like enough that like most news organizations would be writing about it if this were like the Pediatric Cancer Society, like it would be on front page. So I think we did a great job. (laughs) Did you ever think there's going to be a day we're going to put together a telethon because the drag community is so under attack? I mean, first of all, I never thought that I'd ever be doing a telethon. You know, (laughs) I was like, this feels feels very Jerry Lewis, you know, first of all. Um, And I never thought I'd be a part of a telethon. And to be honest with you, telethon, but no, I never thought I'd have to, I thought I, I never thought I would be doing a telethon, first of all, because uh, they're straight out of the 80s and right. maybe the 90s. Uh, but I do remember watching uh, Jerry Lewis with my grandmother and thinking how much fun it, it must be to be up there with those, you know, um, celebrities and everybody calling because you never usually get a chance to see such a wide array of people coming together in the same space. And so mm-hmm. that aspect of it, I thought would be fun. And it definitely was electric and fun, but obviously, you know, as recently as probably three years ago, I didn't think that we'd ever have the need to put together a telethon. And I knew that there were people, um, during, you know, 2016, during the Trump administration and Trump era, obviously there were people coming out with all their, like, isms, their, you know, racism and, you know, homophobia mm-hmm. and transphobia and everything. People were obviously emboldened by that. And that like the lone wolf type of activity where people would, you know, say things or, you know, individuals would do things. I never thought that we'd have to like worry about the state of Florida or Texas, like Mm. as in its entirety. Why do you think, what's going on? Why why is the community under attack? Well, I do, I mean, it, it, it does seem like in the absence of, I mean, listen, I think we are really just seeing this, the symptoms of this, of all of the little systems that we've set up. This is kind of very meta, very macro, but I think that, um, on one level, on one thin layer, for instance, when we hear people talking about transgender individuals and fighting against the healthcare, wanting to create bans and bills that stop trans individuals and trans youth from accessing healthcare, a lot of times what they're referencing is saving the children and don't medicalize the children. Don't do surgeries on children. Now, first of all, when you cut through most of that, it's BS. It's not necessarily, it's not true. It's certainly not something that applies to the entire population for transgender individuals and their health care. That's the first thing. But after you cut through a lot of the, 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 the lies, essentially, <clears throat> then we cut, then we get to some of the other things that are like, that uh, may apply like sort of anecdotally when they're talking about don't medicalize children and don't have them in, you know, doctors, tra- doctors who are doing surgery on, or any type of treatment that's trans or gender uh, related, 
uh, the, the hospitals and doctors, they don't have the best interest in heart of the, of the, of the patient. They're just doing it to medicalize them and, and, you know, sort of profit all of them. These clinics that are gender related, they're just profiting. Name a damn clinic in the United States that isn't profiting. Name right. a doctor or a, the insurance industry. Are you serious? Right. I mean, I'm not here to slam the American medical uh, industry, but y- y- we have to we have to really look at American healthcare. It's a for-profit business, and uh, well, all businesses are for-profit, but it's a for-profit industry. And so, you could say the same thing about um, heart surgeons. Right. They're not out here doing hearts and flying them across the country in a helicopter for free. And so we have to really, you know, so, so that's went off on a little bit of a tangent, but we have to pick apart the tools that they're using to try to uh, disable our, our, the movement that the trans movement, the, the movement towards equality that we've been making, the progress that we've been making is being sort of stunted and, and stalled by these seemingly rational arguments, because on the surface, they, f- they feel very rational, but, um, and that's, that's what's new. But what's old about this is just the attacks, the attacks themselves and the, the sort of the angle and the, 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 the approach that they've taken, the approach to, you know, protect children from, you know, the best way to demonize something is to say it's trying to harm the children, whoever it is, you know? Um, and then suddenly people who, who would normally maybe want to take a minute to learn more about what it is that we're talking about. If you say the children are in danger, people just react and they just go and, and they don't listen. They're like, Oh, something's trying to hurt the children. I don't care what it is. I'm against it. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately uh, I think the, the people who are funding a lot of these uh, legislation and bills and uh, efforts and lobbying are, you know, Christian fundamentalists, right wing, uh, 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 ties that are the, when I say the same people, I mean, literally who were in the eighties and nineties, you know, right. uh, when they were trying to target, you know, AIDS patients and HIV, uh, people with HIV and, and people in the LGBT community, you know, gay people and, and, you know, gays, uh, people against gays in the military and people against gay marriage and people against gay everything, you know, people, the, the folks who were lobbying for, you know, to make sure that gay people were just get fired. If they found out they not even coming out as gay, just being found out, you know? And so it's the same human beings. And if it's not them, it's their, it's their children, I guess. Um, you know, and that's not being facetious. That's literally, there are dynasties of people in the American politics who have the same last name of the people that were attacking us 30, 40, 50 years ago. And is it, you know, bittersweet is not the right word, but you see all the success you're having, all the visibility, the trans community, the drag community, it's this, you know, it's the more visibility that marginalized groups get, the more the attacks increase. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. And I mean, there's no doubt that we've had, we have more visibility now than probably ever, at least in modern times, uh, recent history, I would say, you know, I, I'm doing a show right now that deals in some ways with history and sort of compare, com- compares and contrasts uh, 
history to the present day. And, you know, Weimar Berlin, the Weimar era in Germany was a time of probably a lot of sexual ex- excess <laughs> for some people, <laughs> uh, but queer people and trans people and and gay folks and bi folks and people in the in the LGBTQ spectrum, even if they didn't have the same words and language and vocabulary to describe themselves and identify, but we're doing the same things, even like on a scientific and medical level um, in terms of with regards to trans individuals, uh, those things were happening. And, and uh, people were going there from around the world to study, um, you know, with folks in, in Weimar, you know, Magnus Hirschfeld, who has a bit of a complicated and quite problematic history when it comes to uh, his anti-Blackness, but nevertheless is credited as being the, the father or godfather of the modern gay movement um, because of a lot of the things that were happening. And, and, and so there was an openness. And so this is not new. Uh, it, uh, transness and, and obviously homosexuality um, exists in pretty all everywhere in nature, including humanity, obviously throughout history and different civilizations and other countries and other cultures. And so this is not new. Uh, you know, even even in places as uh, you know, as sort of puritanical as England, uh, 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 you know, in the 17th and 18th century, there were trans people and and people who definition of those uh, identities uh, existed, and in some in some instances were celebrated and in mm. positions of power. We're going to take a short break, but when we return, Pepperman talks about her work in the new Transparent musical. Plus, is she looking to return to RuPaul's Drag Race? Find out when Just for Variety returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm Mark Malkin. Here's more of Peppermint. So let's talk about Transparent the Musical. Oh my gosh. Do you remember first watching the show Transparent? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you, I I remember going over to my producer's apartment in, in New York. His name was Corey Tutt. We were working on some of my music and we, we were so excited <clears throat> for this historic event, uh, uh, Amazon, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, that it was their first, if not one of their first uh, major streaming series. And so we would have like two person watch parties and I would travel all the way out to Queens and anybody that lives in New York City knows that that is (laughs) a commitment. And I went all the way out there to Queens to go and watch uh, several seasons of the show. Um, And you know, it's really interesting. I, you know, the show, the story is about like, you know, a white Jewish family 
uh, which I don't necessarily identify with, but <laughs> um, at least I got to check. I got to go to 23andMe or check my ancestry.com to see what's really going on. But uh, but the fact that they have, you know, but but in that time, I was able to connect with this. And at the time, it was probably this one major television series that felt like it was telling my story. Mm. And that both highlights the lack of stories that are actually out there that are that are as inclusive and diverse. But it also it it definitely shows that, that this was of could be of great importance and significance to a lot of people. Uh, and so I'm just really grateful for the for the original TV series. It brought me a lot of joy and 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 feel all the feelings. And so of course I remember it. Some wonderful performances on the on the series. So tell me, how did the musical come about for you? You're playing Davina, which, as we know, is a character played by Alexandra uh, Billings. How did it come about for you? Uh, well, I was doing a Pride gig with the director of the musical, uh, the stage version, Tina Landau, who directed SpongeBob SquarePants. And she, we were working very closely together on the Pride event last year and she put me and I was like yeah sure you know and in the in the biz you do favors and you're like oh yeah I'll do that. and so I just really didn't think anything of it had no idea what it was and then at the finally when I got a chance to read the script I was like this is transparent uh which <laughs> I immediately you know had all the feelings about and I recognized it and I knew it and and I thought this is amazing and I, I hadn't even heard really sort of through the rumor mill or not I had not heard anything about a musical I knew that mm -hmm. they did a musical um, sort of version of the show or a musical uh, episode of it was like a film essentially is like an hour and a half right. long for their last uh, for the season finale uh, of the TV series. But uh, I didn't know whether these were going to be the same songs or if it was going to be the same thing, what it was going to be. Uh, so then after I read the script, obviously I said yes. And I um, was involved in the workshop process, which for me was the, a first I've mm -hmm. done professional theater before uh, and, you know, done earlier stages of things, but never the workshop process, which can take years. And yeah. so we did about six or seven months worth of workshops uh, all throughout last year. And I had a chance to meet Joey and Faith Soloway, the original creators of the TV series, of course, which is based on their lives and, and their experiences, uh, both the TV show and the musical, obviously. And uh, it was wonderful to, to meet the creative team and, of course, meet all of the other talented people that they brought in to help tell the story. So tell me about going on stage for the first time in Broadway and head over heels. That one moment when you, you walk on a Broadway stage mm -hmm. and you see the audience out there, what goes through your head? I mean, the, the great, maybe it's good for good, for better and for worse. A lot of the nerves and the things that I feel about the very first time stepping on stage is a little different uh, or is kind of diffused because of the, what feels like hours and hours, feels like 24 hours each day of rehearsal going on to that stage before there's ever an audience there. Right. Uh, but the, the minute there's an opening night in the first audience we get, of course, is during previews. And so you do like a month of previews and you're like worn out. And you're like, I don't want to, I can't go through this again. It's like over and over again. Uh, but of course it's, it's part of the process and it helps perfect the work for the audience. 
the, op- the, the only thing that's different on opening night, which is of course, after several weeks of live performances for audience, um, is the energy of the opening night, the, op- the crowd, the energy that the crowd brings into ro- the room. And then suddenly the piece comes back to life again, at least for me. Um, and there's a, there's a sort of, um, uh, sort of element that's, un- there's an unpredictability that gets bre- breathed back into the room because of the audience. And so that is just once in a lifetime. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I, I rem- my memory is that the, it was the loudest applause and longest applause that I've ever experienced. Wow. That has to be pretty special to hear those. Applause. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the element, of course, I do love film and television. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to do so many more things in film and television. But, you know, there is that the one thing that, not the one thing, one of the things that theater, live theater has going for it, besides the fact that it can tell stories and some of those things, one thing that there obviously has in common is that there's a live audience and there's the sh- mathematically and scientifically, the show will not be the same as it was the next day. There'll never be two identical shows, even if everyone attempts to make it identical, it just won't be. And that is what is so beautiful about it. You said um, you do want to do more film and television. Do you have a dream project? You know, I don't have a dream project right now. I absolutely don't. But of course I do. I would like to do a feature film that, that uh, it, you know, has a theatrical release in, in movie theaters. I, I had the opportunity to see myself on the big screen last year because I had a little cameo moment in uh, Fire Island, the movie, yeah. uh, which was obviously streaming primarily on Hulu. And then, um, you know, and, and things like that. But I would love to be in a feature film one day. That would, it would be a great, I, I can't say it would be a great experience. It's something I would like to experience. Comedy, drama, musical, what do you want to do? Uh, I, you know what? It's it's really difficult for me to make to choose because as, as much as I love performing and singing and dancing, which I don't think will ever not be a part of my situation uh, and personality and the things that bring me joy and really being able to, oh, did I cut out? Um, I love musicals and singing and dancing. It brings me joy, but I really love engaging in art as activism, especially when there's like anti-trans and anti-drag bills going around all over the place. Mm. Trying, people trying to outlaw your life. Uh, I find it important to try to tell our stories in our own way. And we just got to a point, I think, uh, in the queer community where we, we being people of marginalized experiences and identities who are part of the queer community, being able to tell our own stories. Uh, Because our stories have always been in style and other people have always made money off of our stories. But now we are in a situation where, you know, we are, the moments that felt so brilliant, and I'm not speaking about any particular piece of work, but in the early, in the probably 30 years ago, there, there were not as many stories of transgender people in particular. And right. now in the in the mid early to mid 2000s there were more stories of transgender people but none of them were played or portrayed or even think written by transgender people, right? And we were holding those up as they they were the life 
blood for, for our community. And now we're in a situation where we're able to see not only trans performers and actors, people in front of the camera and on stage, but also the creators and, and uh, writers and, and producers of these many of these projects are transgender or in the queer community. And so now looking back 10, 20 years, all that looks like crumbs, you know? Right, right. Do you think trans characters should only be played by trans actors? I, listen, in a perfect world, no, I don't think so. I don't think that we have to limit ourselves in that way, but I do think that in a day and age, listen, I mean, people are only telling transgender stories. People are only, people only putting characters in stories that will make them money. And people are only trying to make money off of stories that are, that are relevant or in people's consciousness. And we are only in people's consciousness because we are being attacked and persecuted. And our rights are literally being, are being stripped away, written out of existence, state by state by state. And we already were at a deficit in terms of equal access to, to uh, in essential services like healthcare and housing and job security and jobs in general. There's still places in this country where people are getting fired if they come out as trans. And so in the wake of all that, since we are the ones and since that's our life experiences and stories that are bringing these things to legislation and to the airwaves and to social media that make it interesting for people who make films and television and content to make money off of our stories, then we should be able to benefit from that in mm. some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying reparations for the trans community. I'm saying, can you hire a transgender person to do this? Because you're certainly willing to interview them and take their story. And then one fun question for you, will we ever see you on All Stars? You know, I would love to go on All Stars. They have asked me before, but I was getting ready. It was literally opening week of my of head over heels on Broadway. And I had made such a commitment and it just didn't feel right pulling out on those people at that time. Um, and I I will I will happily go on to the show if they invite me. Uh, it is quite expensive and quite an investment, but I do think it could be worth it. <laughs> However, in the meantime, if they don't ask me, I will continue to follow my dreams and I hope people will, will support me in that. Well, Peppermint, this was awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Mark. I'm really grateful for this chance to talk to you. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day. That was Peppermint. And that's it for this week's Just for Variety. Thanks for listening. Coming up next week, I sit down with the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power star, Ismael Cruz Cordova. Until then, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all breaking and exclusive Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time. Mm-hmm.